The following talk was given at the Insight Meditation Center in Redwood City, California. Please visit our website at audiodharma.org. Coming to the six-week series on hindrances, on being, becoming, or noticing when you're unhindered by the hindrances is also will be a focus of um, what we kind of touch on together. And this class is designed to be very interactive and um, to invite you to kind of look into and share in small group settings your experience, wisdom, struggles with the hindrances. So I'm Tanya Weiser, and um, I'll be one of the three teachers that is kind of offering this class. Um, And I am in the local Dharma um, leader training program currently with Gil Fronstel and Andrea Fella and have done the dedicated practitioner program and the Dharma mentor training program and the entering the stream program and the dedicated practitioners program. And um, I just am very grateful for the opportunity to share the Dharma because it helps me with my practice, helps me with my motivation to stay very awake as possible, anyway, to my present mind and experience. So I look forward to sharing the next um, six weeks with you, starting tonight. And then... I'm Liz Powell, and I've been practicing here at IMC since 2004. Um, I have been through the exact same programs that Tanya has been through. Oh, and the Eightfold Path Program. And, yeah, Bruni and I and Chris Clifford are currently co-leading the Eightfold Path Program. So I'm very happy to be here with all of you exploring the hindrances during these six weeks. I'll be out during two of those weeks, but I'll be back after I go on retreat to explore my hindrances more deeply. Uh, hello, everyone. My name is Bruni Davila, and it's a pleasure to be here and um, with uh, Tanya and Liz. I've been part of this community, this wonderful, what I call home, my spiritual home, uh, IMC since 2006, and practicing in other places before then, but it's, it's been here where... Um, I have deepened my practice in terms of the hindrances and and how to relate to them in in a way that um, I can acknowledge them and and befriend them and and grow grow out of you know just um, deepening the practice. Um, so uh, I've done all those different programs <laughs> that IMC is offering, and I hope that uh, someday some of you take take. You know, participate in them. Yeah. Thank you. So, uh, who knows what the five hindrances are? Okay. <laughs> yeah. So, you'll all know them by the time I say them. As soon as you hear the words, you will recognize these things that occur and they're normal things that come up for us in our hearts and minds and our meditation practice and our relationships. And um, they're not always this horrible thing, but they can cloud our judgment and they can affect our energy and our wisdom and they can affect our ability to feel calm and happy and contented. 
So um, the hindrances are typically listed in the order I'm going to say them now, but that's not how we're going to necessarily teach them, actually. But the first hindrance is usually known as sensual desire. So the desire for wanting more pleasure, more, more of this, more candy, more, you know, more sex, more, more make me feel good, right? Um, the second hindrance is um, ill will or aversion or not liking, not wanting, anger, you know, sort of it can be also uh, show up as anxiety. Familiar? So far, right? Two out of... Uh, Five, right? The third is uh, restlessness and worry. So this uh, regret, this feeling of not being able to get settled. Um, A sense of um, the mind spinning and doing those loops, right? Where they go around and around on certain things and worrying. And a lot of it has to do often with worrying about the future or remorse about the past. And so there's an activation of energy in the body and mind um, that tends to happen. So this, um, the restlessness is typically referred to as the body experience of it and the worry, that worrying of the mind, right? The fourth hindrance is um, similarly like that one and it's, it's the body and the mind experience of sloth, sort of like, oh, I can't move, just tiredness and torpor, right? So you, you, the mind just like isn't working. You can't quite get it to focus, right? It just sort of, there's a lack of motivation and lack of um, energy and vitality. So sort of the opposite of restlessness and worry where there's too much energy, sloth and torpor is a heaviness. You know, there's like, ugh, in the mind and in the body. And then the fifth hindrance is doubt, which is sort of kind of that state of not having clarity, not knowing, doubting, not being certain, not having a direction. Um, It's the, um, it might show up in meditation, like you sit down and you say, okay, I'm going to count my breaths. Oh, no, I'm really uncomfortable. No, counting my breaths isn't going to work tonight. Okay, I'm going to do metta. Okay, may I be safe. May I be happy. Oh, <sighs> you know, like this isn't really what I need, is it? This isn't really practice, is it? Right? This is like the kind of, you get started and you can't stay with something because you don't have confidence in it. You don't have confidence in your ability to do it or that it has value. So doubt is really... Um, a huge barrier to our actually coming and staying on our cushion. Oh, I need to get up and do my homework instead of sit here on my cushion. And I can't even do five minutes because I really have to go do that, right? So that can look like, you know, some doubt often arises with other things like restlessness and worry. The way I was just describing it really feels like a combination to me. But um, another way to think about it is doubt is like if you had a pond in front of you, it would be muddy, completely muddy. And if you were trying to look in to get a reflection, to clearly see what's going on in your mind, you would see nothing. You would see mud. If you were going to look in the pond into a mirror of what um, sloth and torpor looks like, it would be a pond filled with green algae scum. Right? So there's this thickness to it and density to it. And again, there's no clear seeing. 
if you were going to look into a pond or a mind filled with restlessness and worry, it would be like looking at a pond that is completely windswept. So the water is choppy, right? And there's no smooth area to see clearly. You can't see through in to see what's in in there. If you were looking into a mind that was filled with aversion, it would be like looking into a boiling pond. The water is bubbling and steaming and it's hot, dangerous, right? Boiling over. And again, you cannot see what is within and it's not safe, really. Not a safe space. And the mind filled with desire would be like looking into a pond that is um, colored, usually with bright, beautiful colors. And those colors change how we see what is there. Right? So it's sort of mesmerizing or captivating. We see things and then we want them. Right? The sense of, I want that. So those are the five hindrances. Right? Desire, aversion, Sloth and torpor, restlessness and worry, and doubt. And so tonight we'll just sort of be kind of touching into these five hindrances, not going into any one of them in depth. Um, And more we'll kind of overview and have you discuss them. And then we'll introduce um, a type of practice called Bella, Ciao, Bella. I love that. So Bella, right, means beautiful in Italian, right? So uh, it's a nice way to welcome and notice the presence of a hindrance. Ciao, Bella. I see you. Yeah. And Bruni will lead us through um, a guided meditation to help you sort of notice if there's any small or larger amounts of a hindrance present in your body or mind tonight and how to say ciao Bella to that hindrance so yeah yeah absolutely oh the coffee and do you want this are you sure okay so I want to um, just say a few things before I start, some brief key points here. And is that um, this practice that we're going to do, Bella, also beautiful in Spanish, um, is, 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 is a meditation, is a practice. Usually when, uh, at least for me, at, at some point in my practice, when I had a hindrance uh, showing up, um, I didn't even realize that I could practice t- with it. And, and it's a wonderful thing that, that we can apply our practice even in those moments of hindrances. So, so let's start by um, taking a posture that so, uh, supports you, re- relaxed, alert, Posture. Settling into this moment, into your body. Mm -hmm. 
Taking two or three deep breaths, just to acknowledge that you're here. Feeling the body and just being, being here. Starting with the bee of Bella. We're just being here, seeing what is here present for you. Any physical sensations and any visitors, any of the hindrances that may be present that you recognize them, oh yes, I know you. Is there a visitor right now here for you in terms of the hindrances? Welcoming everything. Resting in the breath. Just being, and if there's the presence of maybe desire or aversion, just recognizing it, and that's all. Just being, letting it be how it is right now. Or maybe noticing the absence. In the same way, letting things be as they are right now. The absence of sloth and torpor, the absence of doubt. Letting things be without pushing or pulling away. Breathing in and breathing out, resting. And now examining, softly transitioning into the E of Bella, examining what is present. Now that you maybe have noticed the presence or the absence, 
of any hindrance. Is there any physical sensation that helps you recognize, oh, this is desire, or this is restlessness and worry? Is there any physical physical sensation maybe accompanied by any emotion any energy that you recognize as maybe the presence of sloth and torpor or the presence of doubt or or the absence. Just receiving, not searching or looking or analyzing but just noticing and seeing what is here. What is here as as I'm sitting here in this body? Maybe there is a change in your breathing that tells you that there's maybe the presence or absence of a hindrance. Take a moment to know it well. And as you get to know it well, maybe in a kind and soft way, you move into, or it happens naturally, move into the first L of Bella, lessening the the strength of the hindrance. Once we recognize it, it stops being a hindrance or it loses its force or energy. It starts softening. Yes, I see you. I see you, anxiety. I see you, desire. And maybe in that very moment, there's a relaxation in your shoulders or in your gut, in your chest.
lessening the hindrance by recognizing it, knowing it well. And then as it lessens, you may be able to let it go. Let go maybe the the worry, the concern, the thinking a lot about that desire. You see it, you recognize it with respect, but you also open to anything else that shows up. Anything else that shows up in your experience right now while letting it go. Letting it go by letting it be. And breathing in and breathing out, you softly and gently take a moment to appreciate the A of Bella. To appreciate the moment in which you realize, yes, I recognize this, yes, I know it well. Yes, it lessens, it changes, is present, is absent. And I can say, Ciao, Bella. So appreciate, appreciate your process of. Letting it be, examine it, listen it, letting it go. And be with all your experience, including the hindrance. Maybe now to come back to our discussion. You become aware that you're going to transition and into another moment of experience and taking two or three deep breaths at the sound of the bell. You can open your eyes when you're ready.
So that that was Bella, and it's a it's a great. I, I it's been so beneficial for me to practice in that way, especially when you know, I'm in the fire of things. So again, um, letting it be, you know, letting things be, not trying to change things. Or um, wanting change things either by wanting more or letting you know pushing away, examining examining the hindrance, you know recognizing the presence or the absence, seeing the different elements of it: the physical, the emotional, the psychological, the energetic aspect of it. Listening. Recognizing that there's a strength to it, and that once you acknowledge it with respect, that there may be kind of a softening of it. And then the letting go, just in the same way as we let go of clinging, opening the hand, you know, when we clean, we close into a fist our hand. That tension, maybe if we have some tension because a hindrance is present, like as it lessens, letting it go, letting it be. And then appreciate is something that I have learned a lot in this practice. Appreciate the entire process, appreciate those moments of release, those moments of also acknowledging what is going on. So are there any questions, comments, celebrations, protests? Anything you want to share is it's great to to share our experience for the benefit of all. We we are being recorded, so we'll pass the mic when you're speaking so that people um, in audio Dharma land can hear what you have to say, okay? The way to use it is to hold it right up to your mouth like this, parallel, and talk right into the top of the microphone. Mm-hmm. Just pass it around. Um, not really any questions. Definitely started um, by seeking, I think, more than... Um, I jumped ahead to examining, I think, um, and mostly, I guess, um, found the windswept pond. <laughs> uh, thinking of my getting outside myself, telling myself, well, you should talk a lot, <laughs> and, and trying to get myself to give it a rest and s- sit with myself quietly. Thank you. You can take it past it if you don't One thing that struck me is um, when you got to the A, um, I wasn't clear at first because uh, I, I, I thought I was hearing about awareness as well as acceptance and appreciation, I, find, I, I then heard. Um, but 
for whatever it's worth, I thought that that was uh, maybe all of those words could apply. And the other thing that I thought it was appreciating both the coming, the experience of some hindrance, and the with the retreating of it, and that both can we can be aware of the cycle or the in and out, and we can appreciate both. So even though I think that that was slightly different, at least than what's written here on the handout, um, it felt helpful to me. I found that um, the hindrance that showed up the most for me was simply um, trying to push away the discomfort, and that was that. You know, the um, I didn't feel distracted or bothered by anything. It was just this isn't pleasant. <laughs> Thank you. So, so my mind typically goes directly to planning, which, which you know, I asked about that before, and that's supposedly kind of related to worry. But I don't really feel worry. It's almost kind of pleasurable. So then I wonder, it, maybe there's this, the, the self, the uh, uh, sensual desire, maybe I'm enjoying this. But, uh, but it's that worry that I'm, I think I want to try to get rid of, but, you know, I don't want to put that effort, just say get out of here type of a thing. I just would trust your, I would really encourage you to trust that, um, you know, there could very easily be a lot of desire in there. Yeah. And that, you know, we'll present these um, ways that maybe are typically or we personally experience the hindrance. But the real work is you're investigating your own experience. So trust what you notice and, and test what you notice and report back. Let us know what you discover. So because the, the planning feels good, you're, you're thinking there's probably more the, the sense desire in there than maybe the worry part or just, I mean, investigate that aspect? Say investigate, and I would say that I certainly find myself getting caught in a combination of desire with planning. And it, it, it can be fueled. In, it, um, it can, you know, there's a lot to explore, Right. There's a lot to explore. So one thing I could say is be curious and be curious about when that gets started, maybe what triggered it. Because what triggered it could be something different than the hindrance that then sort of takes over, right, Around and fuels the planning, right? So it's, it's a fertile ground. Um, I guess there's two thoughts that come to my mind. Um, one is just the the approach to just addressing some of the hindrances is I recognize that it's almost exactly opposite to kind of how I was raised. You know, it's the, like if it was a sinful thought or lust, it's like, like almost look away was the aversion itself was like, it's there, don't, don't look, don't look at the thing. You shouldn't have even thought that thing right so i i have it's i like the approach of a mindfulness of approach of it just to kind of to be to to recognize it and just to sit with it is uh is good um 
overwhelmingly, I I think that mine was kind of a slothy feel. Maybe it's the part of the day, but I'm I tend to be kind of an anxious guy. But I'm I'm in a position where I'm not. I don't have as much to do, and it's kind of. But recognizing the opposing thought of it is that now that I'm not as anxious, you know, it's the now I'm just kind of like, okay, well, I don't have a lot to do, so. Eh. And that was kind of what I was sitting with a lot. Is like, either I, I amp up, or then I'm like, well, I don't have a lot to do, so just. Uh. So that was mm. I felt that a lot, and, and the, 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 contemplating the greenness of kind of what slothy was, just trying to be with it. That's that's what I noticed. Um, I guess I have kind of a practical question. So, I've been at this for about three months or so. Um, so is this process something you want to incorporate into your daily meditation every day or just as, as the particular hindrances come up from time to time? Or Well, I would it? say that it, I have incorporated into my daily practice, you know, and, and it's, it has helped me to, it's, it's very helpful because it becomes you know, once you incorporate it into your life, it's almost like your practice and your life becomes becomes one. And so it, it comes out naturally. If something is coming out that I notice a contraction in the body, and, oh, okay, who is visiting? Oh, okay, well, okay, let it be. Let it be at this point. Let me see what it... So it, I, I will encourage definitely that if 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 there's... That curiosity, how, how would it be to practice this, you know, in, as part of, of, you know, my daily life practice, how, you know, to, to try it. Yeah. And also how, how you relate to it. You know, there are different people that have talked about how, what they have noticed and the, the change of, you know, how this is a different, different approach. How... How do we relate to it? Is that that part of of also of, of that process of Bella? Okay, thanks. Well, I really related a lot with uh, what this gentleman was saying about. Um, you know, I do have a certain amount of worry during the day, but when I when it comes time at home to sit or I, or I come here and sit, it's like I leave that all outside the door and I feel like it's kind of sloth and, and torpor. Um, either that or, or sometimes I think it's just maybe fatigue. Um, and I'm, maybe I have a question about is there a distinction to be drawn between fatigue uh, and sloth and torpor? That's going to be one of my topics later in this series, so oh, nice. we get to explore it deeply. But yes, there is a difference between I'm just plain tired, I haven't had enough sleep. Um, and you can use these same tools to recognize that because sleepiness can arise in practice or just exhaustion. But sloth and torpor almost feel like the mind is sluggish or uh, I've sat here um, sometimes and didn't know sloth and torpor had overcome me. And then when I was handed the mic, 
my mind just wasn't moving and my words were coming out really slowly. So it, just explore that territory. Um, sometimes sleepiness and sloth and torpor could be, you know, occurring together. But just these tools of being with your experiencing, exploring it, examining it, it's fine. And there are times when people need to just go home and get a good night's sleep. (laughs) Thank you. Um, I'm pretty new to this, so first off, just thank you, because the hindrances really resonate. Um, And one question, um, you mentioned like with the restless water, um, you know, when your mind is going in circles over and over, just working on the same problem, trying to find a solution, is there any good way out of that hamster wheel kind of thing? Great question. Really great question. And I'm, I will talk to you after tonight if you don't feel like you have enough of a sense. Um, we're going to encourage you to explore some of this together. We will spend one week for each of these five hindrances and we will spend time talking about sort of what we've discovered and in general our tradition has discovered as very skillful ways of responding. And we really don't want to rush to answers tonight. We want to invite a sense of exploration and curiosity and sort of inviting your own wisdom to arise. And and even if it's a wisdom around not knowing, right? Just to not know. So is that is that okay as a response for you for tonight? Yeah, definitely. Thank okay. you. Okay, okay. So I wanted to just respond a little bit to what you were bringing up. Um, So Tanya's example of the pond, so obviously maybe it's obvious that when there's no hindrance there on the surface, there's this nice clear pool that you can see through, right? So another way that the hindrances sometimes are described as obscurations, things that are blocking things as they really are, what's clear, right? So um, in daily life, we're confronted all the time with different experiences. We're driving in a car and somebody zooms up behind us and we, what, what happens? We get fearful. We might get irritated. All the hindrances, could we just have a hindrance attack? Boom, right? So right then, in that moment, we're, we're not really very clear we're not seeing you know we're not responding appropriately maybe because we're swept away in this clouded state this obscuration so it it is the very thing it is that's practice the idea of relating to the hindrances as our practice in a sense knowing them recognizing them when they're when they're there which is often if we pay attention um, so anyway, I hope that's helpful. Um, yeah. I think my question was, maybe I didn't state it very clearly, but um, so when I practiced, I sat down, tried to sit for a half an hour each day, and my question was more directed towards that particular time when I'm sitting and focusing on my breath. Is this some an analysis I should be going through each time I do that, 
regardless of what may or may not be coming up? Or is it, do I do it all the time where I just do it when I detect something coming up? I guess that's what I was really trying to ask. When you're sitting, if you, if you see that this process will help you, definitely go for it. I, especially in moments where, you know, there's a, a lot of struggle, you know, I try, you know, sometimes the hindrance is, is very strong. It's good to have some distance and shift gears and do something else and then come back, have a cup of tea or something like that. But yes, it is very, very beneficial if you're sitting to go through this process. And I encourage all of you to to practice with it during these six weeks. I think it will be great so that we can share how, how it's impacting you during this, these weeks. Yeah. So um, we're going to segue into small groups. And um, we happen to have a perfect number, excluding the four of us, for um, breaking into groups of three. So it can be the people sitting right next to you, if you'd like. Just uh, find a space where you'll be able to chat with each other. You can move back a little bit um, and uh, get into groups of three. So three, 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 and three. And um, I will... Uh, for the purposes of the recording, I'm going to uh, say the three questions we'll be discussing, but I'll I'll restate them. As you go ahead and get into your groups of three, I'm going to read them for the recording, and then I'll reread them for you once you're in your group of three. So the three questions are going to be, what are your hopes and intentions for taking this course? Second question, what hindrance is most familiar to you in your daily life and in your meditation? And the third question will be, how do you work with the hindrances and or would you like, how would you like to work with them? So, great. So, um, once you're in your groups of three, um, that you guys are doing what you're supposed to do, um, just introduce yourself by your, your name and 